0: Hello and welcome back to Movie Remake Time, a Filmmaker's Compass podcast. I am CP with my amazing co-host D-Man and we are gonna task ourselves of asking who did it better? Remakes,
1: reboots, and sequels. Wait, wait, this is actually a first for us, isn't it D-Man? Yeah, I'm really excited. You know, I feel like every episode I'm really excited, which is a good thing. Hopefully that's contagious and all you listeners are excited too. But this week, we are actually picking up a remake that released this week. You can go see it in the theaters. Yeah, you can actually go to the theaters and see this movie. So it's it's really fun because I'm curious now to see what people think because I feel like this is going to be on people's minds, a topic of conversation. This is something that... When you go to a you know a gathering or a party or something, so hey, have you seen this movie? This is you know kind of part of the reason why we wanted to do this segment of the podcast was we noticed there's a lot of remakes coming out, reboots. We were we wanted to talk about how do they do, how <laughs> do they compare to the originals. We have a great one of really good discussion today. If you're ready, I'll just go ahead and introduce it. Break it down, man. We are doing space jam. Space jam. If you're ready, we're going to, to compare. Michael Jordan and LeBron James, which is, we're going to compare their acting careers. <laughs> not I mean, their you hear basketball that, careers. Yeah,
0: you hear that comparison all the time, not normally <laughs> in era, uh, you know, how they are in front of the camera, but hey, you know, first time for everything.
1: Yeah, so I'm really excited because I don't think... Uh, You know, I know there's a lot of YouTube videos and other people on podcasts and stuff talking about this movie, but I mean, man, I can't tell you how many times I've been somewhere debating who's better, Michael Jordan or LeBron James, and now we're going to do it with Space Jam. I'm really pumped. I'll throw it over to you. Go ahead and kind of introduce the movies. Let us know what's going on here, why they're rebooting it, and we'll figure out what's going on. (laughs) So...
0: If you're an 80s kid or a 90s kid, you've seen the original Space Jam, and you probably love right? it, right? looks like this, 1996, starring Michael Jordan, and Bugs Bunny, yep. directed by he, John he, got, he got a
1: credit in the opening credits, Bugs Bunny did.
0: He's actually right there on the DVD.
1: Text. I know, it's amazing. That was like, when I was watching it, I was like, that's so cool that they just went ahead there and had fun with it.
0: And then the 2021 one was directed by Malcolm Lee, starring, again, bugs bunny this time partnered with lebron james
1: <laughs> they actually call this what is it they call it space jam a new era or something a new legacy a new legacy it is they they make mention there's some nods to the very first slight one. very slight so i was hard pressed to say if this was a full reboot or technically like A sequel? I feel like it was more a reboot. I felt like the only reference that came
0: was when they recruited Lola Bunny in the sequel. And she was talking about teaming up with a basketball superstar.
1: Yeah. She kind of 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 like, like she said something along the
0: lines like exactly,
1: exactly. So yeah, I got a hint that they were kind of toying with the concept happening kind of in the same meta universe, but not really. Like you said, I think it's a full on reboot and this is a chance to kind of take that same concept and reapply it with a new kind of digital overlay. And then you swap Michael Jordan with LeBron James. First of all, (laughs) let's just go ahead and throw it out there. I mean, what are your initial thoughts On this remake, reading about it, one of the interesting things that I didn't know was apparently there was a planned sequel all the way back in the 90s, but Michael Jordan had only agreed to sign on for one movie. And once they found out that he wasn't going to do the next one, it got canceled. I don't know if you know this, but there were all kinds of concepts floating around. It was like skate jam, golf jam, like... All these different variations of what Space Jam was, but with like other major athletes like, hey, let's see if we could do a golf version with like Tiger Woods. Yeah.
0: And I think that ended up kind of evolving into the what kind of failed in the box office, the Looney Tunes back in action movie, which actually as a big Looney Tunes fan, I loved it. The original Space Jam is iconic. If you're a 90s kid, you grew up watching it. I mean, shout out to my friend Jared. I think every once a week, every summer of our childhood live, we get together and watch Space Jam because it was amazing.
1: Now, can we acknowledge, I mean, at this time in the late 90s, I mean, literally anything Michael Jordan is touching turns to gold. Oh, like I mean if you think about the actual concept of the original Space Jam and you think about going to a pitch meeting and being like, hey, we want to get Michael Jordan to play basketball with the Looney Tunes, recruit these other NBA players. I mean, the only way this all happens if, is if Michael Jordan like buys in. Apparently he did. I mean, I, I wish I could have been there when they pitched him. I, don't, I highly doubt he was the one that was like... you know i want to team up with bugs bunny and make a movie (laughs) yeah i mean again i was doing a little research you know kind of uh reading up on both the movies and like i guess there was a sports commercial called hair jordan where it was just a commercial but like he partners with bugs bunny and that was the somewhat inspiration to be like hey we could do like a whole vehicle here that kind of expands on that gimmick
0: Okay, well that makes a lot of sense, right? That way this this concept's not totally coming out of abstract. There is a slight proof of concept
1: and Yeah, it was okay, very receptive. Sense. Again, I always wondered how Michael, that came about. Yeah, everything Michael Jordan touched turned to gold. So you put him in a commercial with Bugs Bunny, gold. Then they're like, let's make a movie out of this 1-minute commercial. And the thing is, it's interesting because, you know, obviously Michael Jordan and LeBron James are both semi playing themselves. They both have opening montages with allusions to their careers, real life events, but they both have fictional families. They're not playing like themselves 100%.
0: I doubt Michael Jordan really lived in that average suburban house like they depict in the film.
1: Yeah, I love how, what's his name in the movie? Stan, right? Stan, it's Stan. Yeah, he comments on how nice the house is. But I mean, to us, you know, average people thinking about how much money Michael Jordan must have. I mean, clearly that's not his home. Yeah, right. You know, like his neighbors like drive by and they're like, hey, Michael. (laughs) I was like, this is why actors and celebrities live in gated communities because they don't want to be bothered by the dog. Exactly. Anyway, I just kind of wanted to preface like where this all comes from. Then obviously LeBron James, we know he has so much respect for Michael Jordan. He grew up loving Space Jam. The concept had been floating around for years about some sort of reboot or whatever. And he decided he would sign on that was something he wanted to do and he was he was 100% in which was pretty cool i guess considering how busy of a guy he must be that's really the premise for how these movies came about i only bring that up because most movies right you're like oh it's a genre film it's an action adventure you know we've talked about like terminator 1 versus terminator 2 and you're like i know why those movies got made you're like you look at this concept you're like how did this happen it did happen now twice <laughs> so i want to throw it over to you let's go ahead and dive into culture but i also want to get your first impression like your thoughts what what do you, what did you think of the oh remake man. just throw me under the bus
0: um <laughs> you know i think that the stakes are very high the first one is a huge cult classic this has been hyped for a long time i know there was talk about doing one with maybe kobe bryant years ago we've been waiting for space jam 2 for a really long time it's here it's been hyped for so long. Something. That we had been looking forward to for a long time and, and <laughs> i just want to i want to draw that out for the point that this was a, a very hard target to begin with but me i freaking hated it dude oh, i no
1: way.
0: freaking hated it. i actually had to stop it about three times and just be like is, is this what this is this the world that we're living in where this is space jam for me and, you know uh, it's weird it's kind of a depressing moment it's weird you say that
1: because I have been anticipating this episode for a while. And a lot of it, like you said, is because we kind of haven't had an impression of how this would go. Now, that being said, I don't know if it's because the bar was set so low, but I actually enjoyed it. No, okay. Well, so one of the things
0: I wanted to ask you before we kind of dive into this further, our listeners know that we we grew up outside of Chicago. We, especially you, were huge Chicago Bulls fans. I mean, you used to have Mike autographed Michael Jordan jersey above your bed. My dad still has it. Did we love the first Space Jam? Like, were we biased? Was it the bubble that we were in Was it our session with Jordan that was part of it? Or, and, and I mean, audience, chime in. What did you guys think? Were you as big of Space Jam fans as us living out?
1: I'm sure like there's a bias to, you know, if you're a Michael Jordan fan, you're probably more likely to enjoy the film. Fan of a rival team, you might not like it as much. But I mean, Michael Jordan's appeal was universal. We've known that. And, you know, you still see it with like The Last Dance that just came out in 2020. He still has some sort of magnetic pull over the public and our culture at large and i think that definitely plays into space jam here but i also want to say like no there's a certain charm to the the original space jam is hard paid on it's almost like michael jordan like i said is kind of like like playing himself let's face it he's not even doing that particularly well you know he's michael jordan but like you could tell he's not an actor and he's just in these scenarios that he's kind of like comfortable to be in. But once you you know look at the Looney Tunes, they get the other NBA players to buy in. Danny DeVito is the villain. They have all these kind of great songs and all this stuff. I think there's almost a campy charm to the movie. Now, it doesn't look campy in terms of production value, the drawing, the animation. And the filming itself is not subpar really at all. It's basic, but not in a campy way. But the movie has like that campy charm where you're like, I don't know why this is a thing, but I kind of like it. You know what I mean? Like, that's how I felt. And that's how I felt watching it again today. Even as an adult, obviously, I had there's a nostalgia factor that kicks in for me. I can still quote the movie, you know, I sing the songs, like I know the stuff because I had it on VHS. I've seen Space Jam a ton of times, Mm -hmm. but even then I could see where it has like some innate special quality because it's so over the top and kind of ridiculous. You're like, I don't even know how how this happened. Fair enough. There's a lot to talk about here. I thought one of the shortcomings
0: in the sequel was the decision to take the Looney Tunes out of their element. Okay. the first Space Jam kind of is is really playing off that concept pioneered during Who Framed Roger Rabbit. They've mm-hmm. seen live action and animated. Michael Jordan goes into the animated world where he becomes a real person and learns to embrace the defined physics of Looney Tune land. I thought that was better because the Looney Tune characters were the characters we've known them to be for 80-something years. I thought that in this one, when LeBron goes to Looney Tune land, he himself becomes, becomes, Becomes a cartoon. Right. Was a big different from the first one. Yeah. Michael Jordan
1: is never a cartoon. Or maybe they have like one, do they have one shot or something?
0: There's that one where it's kind of animated, where he stretches his arm, but he's supposed to be still Jordan. He never, like, becomes a full-on cartoon. And I thought the biggest mistake, when they took the Looney Tunes characters and brought them into 3D. Because that's not who those characters
1: are. Yeah, I mean, they've always been two-dimensional. This is probably the first time, other than, like, either concept art or some sort of, you know, special thing where they've been in 3D. I mean, Mm -hmm. they haven't been on the big screen very much. I will say, though, that the animation of them in 3D was not poor. No, no, it's It's. I mean, these are two-dimensional characters. We're used to seeing them in 2D. I don't know
0: why there is the decision to almost throw them through the the Pixar model.
1: I don't know why. I mean, I guess to keep things fresh, to up the ante a little bit, to give you something eye candy visually. I mean, what really stood out to me was when you look at the story of these two movies, plot-wise, they move on the same path. You have an NBA star Mm -hmm. who ends up going to Toon Land, and then they have to play basketball to save the day. The actual mechanisms that get them there are very different. Michael Jordan is having a crisis of character and it mirrors his real life crisis of character where he's playing baseball when, right, he technically should be playing basketball and everybody else can see it, but he's going through kind of this chapter in his life. Well, if you look at the mechanism for what gets him to Looney Tunes land, in the original, the Looney Tunes have the crisis, Mm -hmm. right? They're the ones that, have to go find basketball players to compete in this game because the guy had challenged them to basketball and they went and stole all the NBA players talent the Looney Tunes were like well who's left and it ends up that the, the best basketball know, player in the world still yeah. has his talent <laughs> because he's playing baseball They mm-hmm. didn't know to go steal his basketball talent so he's available you know free agent <laughs> baby and uh, <laughs> Michael Jordan steps in the whole idea is that he's there to kind of help save the day and save the Looney Tunes if you look at the mechanisms in the new one it's LeBron's son, who is not having a crisis of character, but he's not living his true self. That's because of his dad's shadow looming large and not being able necessarily to uh, step into his own shoes. The mechanism that gets them there is that what's his name? Algae... Algae rhythm. Algae rhythm. Mm-hmm. Algorithm. Apparently, he just wants respect as an algorithm, and that is purely 100% just a plot device. Mm-hmm. You know, same thing like, uh, what's his name, in the first one, Danny DeVito's character. You know, he's like oh we just need attraction that's simply a plot divider i don't think one's better than the other one of them it's like an alien planet they need an amusement park ride for the other aliens they're like let's get michael jordan you know (laughs) i don't know why that makes any sense this one he's like i want respect you know he makes a movie pitch to LeBron James, who rejects it and he gets like super depressed and then steals his son and they like have this game. The whole thing with the Looney Tunes in a way feels more secondary, almost like LeBron's stuck with the Looney Tunes because I don't know he couldn't get these other awesome characters even though they well, like and he, attempt, he says that they attempt to do it for some reason they can't get any of them which doesn't make any sense half of the characters most of them even end up in the audience at the freaking game iron giant superman batman y- all the yeah, ones like that they, lebron
0: talks about he i he, guess they didn't
1: there. want to play basketball to me the i think where there's a disconnect the looney tunes feel secondary and even though lebron empowers them to be themselves and they rise to the occasion as the looney tunes which is great. That disconnect for about a third of the movie is kind of, that's where I feel like it was a little bit disjointed. Although it it was a lot of fun, you know, if you're a fan of movies, Warner Brothers is kind of diving into some of their properties for nostalgia purposes and some Easter eggs and stuff. I didn't find that annoying. I found it fun. There's a
0: lot. There's almost too many I felt at times.
1: It was more so just that that section felt disjointed. Like you said, LeBron was like a cartoon for a majority of it. They're like going through the movies and you're like well, I'm not and really sure enough that was actually on.
0: my favorite part of the movie you know when they run into superman and when wile e coyote is hanging out with the war boys in mad max world that was my favorite part of the movie good references i thought there was some funny parts yeah they were fun and the looney tunes were behaving like the looney tune characters that they are i thought it was when i got to the basketball game that i was actually more disappointed maybe it's because the game didn't have the same stakes that it did in the first one where it's very clear looney tunes lose they're slaves Jordan loses, he's signing autographs all day and losing in one-on-one. Like those are clear stakes laid out for the audience. Maybe in the new one, they're a little more
1: ambiguous. Yeah, and then the other thing too, I I did want to note, not that it wasn't fun or cartoonish because we are talking about the looney tunes here in the new one they also don't actually play basketball you know basketball with like style points and different things but they're not playing actual basketball so that definitely changed the dynamic and i mean it it, they work it into the film because lebron has trouble with it at first and then he sort of embraces it and is like well if that's how we're going to do it then let's go full looney tunes and just get crazy he kind of goes all in so they use it as a plot device which is fine it's just when you're talking about stakes in a regular basketball game it's just very clear win the game when one team's up like 1039 points to like 250 you're like i mean this is all just made up now like hey i mean as quickly as you can score points i guess how come one dunk can't be worth a thousand like to me noticing it like later in the game like earlier someone would dunk and they'd get like 250 style bonus. And then later they would dunk and it was two points. And I was like, how does this even work? Do they not get style points because they already did that dunk? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how it works. A couple other thoughts I wanted to ask you about.
0: Music plays a huge part in the original Space Jam. What were your thoughts on the track
1: of the remake? Well, so first of all, yeah, original Space Jam soundtrack is iconic. Most of the songs still get played. Yeah, they still get played at sports stadiums. They still get played in any sort of reference to Space Jam, Michael Jordan, anything like that. I mean, they're very recognizable. Even to this day. Now, granted, the new movie does have a couple instances where they do like a stinger throwback to some of those older songs from the first movie the soundtrack itself was not nearly as memorable not nearly as catchy it didn't play quite as much of a role like i remember in the first movie they have an entire scene it's like basketball jones yeah and the song itself became like part of this segment of the movie basketball jones now is associated with you know when somebody kind of goes cold or like loses their touch i don't know i just it's hard not to just get so amped up when you hear that music and all this. And they went for a much more like modern soundtrack than the new one. Now that might resonate better with maybe kids, fans of Fortnite. I don't know, but it didn't with me. That, that was something that I'd have to give the edge to the original. You know, one of the things that I did like as a plot device was the way they involved video games. Video games are like a huge part of not only our online culture at the moment because now not only do people play video games but they watch people play video games so there's kind of like a whole meta thing going on here kids like love these video games like to the degree it's almost hard to get them off and it's funny because that's probably been said about every generation of kid with like any game <laughs> console ever and i thought it was smart to a certain degree because as kind of i guess loony as the entire concept is in both movies i don't think it's any weirder to have this be like a server verse. I don't mm-hmm. know, it's all made up, right? Mm-hmm. It just felt to me like they were a little bit catering to their audience of the time. And that audience is most likely younger people of today. That's what they connect with. They kind of leaned into that. So I don't know, what were your thoughts on that? Do you think from a story point, they missed the mark? Like, was that too ridiculous for you? No, no, no. I think
0: my issue with the story with this one is is kind of two things. And you already talked touched on it. The fact that the original Space Jam could be tied into this actual greater Michael Jordan personal arc really framed the story nicely. Additionally, they took that story and applied it to the greater NBA, right? In the sense that we see Vladi Dvok scared to go take court. And, <laughs> yeah, they put you know, on the gas mask. We're watching Patrick Ewing and Charles Barkley deal with his world where, you know, they can't play basketball anymore. And I thought that was really smart. And it kind of made this Looney Tune game from a story perspective have much greater implications. This one is so isolated in many ways. LeBron and LeBron's son struggle that it didn't feel like it had the stakes to me. I don't think that there was a problem taking the video game approach. I mean, as you mentioned, there's not a set of rules in terms of like Either one, really. Yeah, but for the most part, I didn't really have a problem with that. I thought it was more the the issue that the other one, they make it clear that this game ties better into the greater world. This one, Ali G says something about how everyone who turned in for the game is
1: going to be stuck there forever, but- it's it's not quite the same. One of the interesting things, so like the the mega plot device in the new one, the father-son dynamic. Now Mm -hmm. I just wanted to throw this to you because this popped right into my head. Is this not the plot for Hook? It literally is. You have a dad who's like not living up to his fatherly obligations. The kid is stolen away. They play baseball in that. That's a good point. He has to go back with all these like crazy characters and learn how to be the person he was supposed to be. And, you know, they do all that stuff. And Mm -hmm. I was like, dang, this is basically like Hook. It's like uh,
0: a a twist. You just summed up the movie, it's Hook. I mean, the
1: father-son Bud's dynamic, bud. I don't think it's bad because essentially they already lay out where it's going to go. The son says, like, I don't get to do me. Like, I don't get to be myself. Um, I have to kind of live up to whatever your expectations are of me. Right away, you know, obviously, where this movie's going is however it gets there, they're going to prove that uh, the best... Solution here is to allow that person to be themselves. They do it, thankfully, not through the father-son dynamic. They do it through the Looney Tunes, which at least makes them completely relevant to the story. The Looney Tunes try to be basketball players and emulate LeBron James to disastrous effect, only when he realizes that in a game decided by style points, you got to let the Looney Tunes, you got to unleash them. When he does that, he realizes that, you know, hey, that's how everybody thrives is when you be yourself. And that's the lesson of the movie and to LeBron and his son and all that, that whole father son dynamic and what they were doing. And they were, it was just different. You know, when we look at something like the effects, then I know you mentioned, obviously, the Looney Tunes turn into 3D and it is again used as a plot device because as soon as they win the game, they reverted back to themselves. As far as a the- effects go there's a lot of effect shots in really both of them probably the first one especially for the time it was in you know in the 90s you're like i only what you said it yourself roger rabbit is like the only other movie that's even done that yeah so i mean that's a lot of effect shots and the new one had a lot of effect shots nothing really stood out to me in either film as bad I actually thought they both looked pretty good. I mean, even the original one back from 1996 still holds up pretty well.
0: There's one shot that looks really kind of cheesy, Stan gets flattened and they blow him back up. Oh yeah. Because it, it's that early kind of uh like 3D. That's the only one I can think of. I mean, this one obviously looks great. It's state of the art visual effects. LeBron James and Bugs Bunny are world jumping, putting all these Looney Tunes characters in classic films like Casablanca and they have a lot
1: of fun with it at Warner Brothers and it looks really good. You can't fault them for the visuals. I mean, it looks great. Yeah. I mean, even the way they incorporate other properties. I mean they were actually using clips from those movies, you know, kind of superimposing Looney Tunes over either certain characters or in certain spots. In the Goon Squad as opposed to the Monstars, the Monstars
0: were just animated the Goon Squad actually has, you know, these uh, much more dynamic characters
1: and that's kind of cool and it looks great. You know, the nothing and yeah, effects-wise nothing really stood out. So I got to ask, you know, hey, I mean is is the deciding factor here is it is it Bill Murray? <laughs> I mean, I, I think part of it is the fact that, and this is
0: one of the things I was thinking of, right? They always talk about kids' movies, the jokes are written for the parents, and the characters on the screen are written for the kids, right? You know, you think about Toy Story as a great example. And in the first Space Jam, they do that so well, and Bill Murray is a huge part of it. But even more than that, there's these lines, this, <laughs> there's always one that the psychiatrist asks Patrick Ewing if he has any performance, other, any other performance issues. Oh yeah, yeah. And like, these are jokes not for children. These are jokes for their parents. When we rewatch the original Space Jam, there's tons of things that you can laugh about. I didn't feel that there were as many of those grown up jokes in this one. I felt that there were more references, you know, Game yeah, of Thrones, yeah. The Matrix, things that I don't think kids necessarily know what they are. Those references were for us, but there aren't the witty lines of dialogue and the comedic jokes for us in the same way that there is in the,
1: the first I think my favorite joke in the new one, though, is when they bring... So spoiler alert, I I guess, yeah, we probably should have said top. but (laughs) uh, if you haven't seen this movie, you know, hey, I'm going to spoil something right now, which is they actually do this kind of gag where they're like, you know, we found Michael Jordan and
0: best joke in the movie.
1: Yeah, for sure. They bring him in and they play like the Bulls intro music. And you're like, oh my God, like here it is. The Michael Jordan cameo. We all wondered if it was going to happen. And then it ends up being Michael B. Jordan, the actor. (laughs) Black Panther, Michael B. Jordan. The best joke in the movie though is when, I forget who says it, but someone turns and they're like, you couldn't get Michael A. Jordan (laughs) Like you had to get Michael B. Jordan and, and that whole gag was, you know, perfect because obviously not only would that work if there had never been an original Space Jam, just because we all know who Michael Jordan is. But because there was that original one, they really kind of fed into our perception of like, hey, are they ever going to reference that directly? You know, other than like we said, there was like a Lola Bunny reference. They wear like the original Toon Squad jerseys initially, things like that, Mm -hmm. that acknowledge the first one, but not directly. This was probably the closest thing to being like, Michael Jordan, we bring him up again here. Michael Jordan and this is the way I started it, but I gotta ask, Michael Jordan or LeBron James? Who did it better?
0: And I mean, this is what, this is the difference between the films. The audience already knows what I'm gonna say, and I'm gonna say it anyway. Michael Jordan, the guy has charisma, he has personality. If nothing else, even when he doesn't talk, he just has this great smile as he's sitting there watching the Looney Tunes beat Looney Tunes, and that carry that carries so much weight in the film. About fifteen years ago, LeBron James was on SNL. <laughs> There's this great skit with Jason Sudeikis, and it has the the, the very famous now line where he goes. Uh, LeBron, he throws a book at LeBron James and LeBron James is like, yo, what the hell is this? And he's like, it's a book. It's it's hilarious. The SNL skit was showing us how LeBron James just is not an actor. And he just does okay. not have that personality and charisma, which not all superstar athletes do, which is why Peyton Manning is in so many damn commercials because he's got a lot of charisma. He's got a lot of personality and, and he can do it in ways that others can't. Michael Jordan brings so much more life to that character that. LeBron James—that's the difference right there. If we saw this same movie and we swapped out LeBron James in the 1996 one and Michael Jordan in the 2021 one, I would think the 2021 would probably be a better movie, and that just because of the Jordan X factor. What do you think,
1: honestly? I, I don't think it's as big of a gap as, like, you're implying. I think LeBron, obviously, just like Michael Jordan, they're playing themselves. Clearly, they've never acted in anything. Other, you know, LeBron's acted in a few things, but again, it, like it was like train wreck, but he was still playing himself. They've been in commercials and different stuff. At the end of the day, right, they're not huge, dramatic actors like that, and I don't think that's necessarily what anybody's expectations are when they go to it. I do have to give the nod here to Michael Jordan. Like you, I think there was a little bit more a smile on his face. And maybe that's because Michael Jordan was there to help the t- the Looney Tunes mm-hmm. where LeBron's trying to get back his son. So the character he's playing is much more worried. I actually thought LeBron did really good, especially considering the shoes he has to fill, which they're Jordan, <laughs> you know, like I thought he did really good. I- I'm not going to hate on it at all. I mean, I-, I think we all know what type of performance we were expecting. It was not bad. It's kind of par for the course. I was like, this, this is like what I thought it might be. You know, I always felt the same way about Jordan. There's not, not a whole, whole lot here other than like you said, there's a little bit more, I guess a little bit more just energy with like the Looney Tunes and some of the stuff. No, I thought LeBron did fine. Once you factor in the nostalgia factor and all this different stuff, it's hard for me to really go with the new one over the old one. Let me just
0: interrupt right there. Audience, what you're hearing is a diehard Lakers fan married to an even more diehard <laughs> Lakers fan not
1: wanting to shit all over his favorite Laker. No, I mean, I've been a LeBron James fan a long time. I've watched him Jordan's play basketball, better. followed his career, all that stuff. You know, I, I, I don't know. I've always liked LeBron James. Maybe that first year when he was with the Heat, you know, maybe not so much. But it's funny because even the movie acknowledges that. Like, they have another, I think the second best joke, The his son is talking to Algie Rhythm. And he's like, hey, where's my dad? And he's like, oh, you know, he's gone. It's kind of his M.O., He went from Cleveland to Miami, back to Cleveland, then to LA. You know, he's kind of like, I think it's, you know, clear cut. I don't know that I even need to really ask you, but I mean, which one did it better?
0: Well, I'm going to say Space Jam and New Lacey. No, screw that. This is the one that did it better. The 1996 one. Don't even, you know, if you have HBO Max, you're like, well, should I watch Space Jam 2 or should I watch Space Jam 1? Just watch Space Jam 1. Don't put yourself through the pain of watching Space Jam 2. Definitely do not go shell out $13 to go see it at a movie theater like some stupid people did. Just watch this. It's on HBO. It's on Vudu.
1: It's on Hulu. It's on everywhere. Pull out the VHS. You probably have it under your bed still. Watch that you will be much happier. Yeah, I think when I give the things that I'm giving the nods to, you know, certain things, the new one can't compete with 90s nostalgia. And then I love the way the original one incorporates Michael's baseball, his kind of real life dilemma that he was going through at the time. Now, do you in, know when
0: this film was written, kind of in conjunction to that actual incident? I
1: mean, it had to be almost in conjunction with it, because I'm assuming this doesn't get greenlit without Michael Jordan's participation. And 1996 is around the time that he returned to the Bulls. That was when I think you know they won in 96, 97, 98. He was came back in like 95 and they lost to the Magic, but somewhere in those year and a half was when Mm -hmm. he was playing baseball so it had to line up somewhere around them so they had to they had to film it you know probably between seasons but yeah if I had to give my nods I would give it to the 90s nostalgia factor I think the soundtrack was better in the original one I, I liked maybe the Looney Tunes a little bit more the new one I definitely go the opposite route you went. If I had to pick which one did it better, I'm going to go with the original. That's the one I grew up with. That's the one that I love. (laughs) If you were a fan of the original or you have kids, I would recommend the new one. I think kids will enjoy it. I think if parents like the original, if you go into it with a mindset of not trying to figure out just which one destroyed the other one, and you can kind of enjoy that we got a new version for 2021. What is that, like 30 years later or something? I think you could enjoy it. (laughs)
0: Um, I'm going to disagree and let me put it this way. If you like used to, if you're like a Miami fan or Cleveland fan and you hate that LeBron James like betrayed your team, you'll hate him even more. And if you're like a regular basketball fan and you like LeBron James or you don't have an opinion towards him anyway, you're going to hate him because he sucks and he ruins Space Jam.
1: No, I I, I just have to disagree. I surprisingly like the movie. I laughed quite a few times. Like I said, I liked the father son dynamic to the story because it wasn't a carbon copy reboot of just LeBron going to save the Looney Tunes. And I loved, like you said, the references to all the Warner Brothers properties, movies, and that kind of whole meta element to what they were doing in the new one. All of that, I I really enjoyed, surprisingly more than I thought I was going to.
0: I'll just... Ended on this note, the uh, director of the original Space Jam, John Flicka, who has apparently won more Directors Guild Awards than any other filmmaker for his uh, commercial work. So, wow, that's Dustin and I. He said he could not stand Space Jam 2. He said he tried five times to make it all the way through. So, listen, if an expert of that caliber (laughs) hates the movie, then you should hate it too, and just don't even bother watching it. Because I think you'll regret it.
1: I don't know. This is one where I would really like to hear what our listeners thoughts are. You know, this debate is going to, like I said, it's going to happen this weekend when everybody goes to meet up with their friends or they have a baby shower or they have a birthday or something going to come up. People are going to talk about it. Yeah. At the end of the day, I just don't think the new one fails miserably. I, I think as far as trying to live up to the legacy of the original, it, it's a high bar just because of, you know, that cult following it has. At the end of the day, you know, you look at the original Space Jam, you look at kind of the story and this and that. I mean, Space Jam itself is not this amazing film. It's just that if you can accept what they're trying to do, you can have a lot of fun while you're watching it. And I feel like the new one is the same way. If you can just kind of accept this whole concept is kind of ridiculous and over the top, but you just go into it with a mindset that you're not actually going to see all the classics that they reference from Warner Brothers what you're going to see is them trying to have fun in that Space Jam world I think you can have fun too
0: you, you know what D-Man thinks you know what I think let us know on social media who you think's right hit me up at NDCal5 hit him up at Big Kid D-Man and hit up our show at Film Comp Podcasts us on social media. As Dean says every week, you can look us up on Google, Filmmaker's Compass. You can visit our website, filmmakerscompass.com. Listen to more episodes, subscribe to the show. I think it's also important to say, hey, shout out to Don Cheadle in a totally different role than he normally does. He even stuffed LeBron James a few times a Yeah,
1: I always, I always want to give a nod to actors, you know, hey, here's Don Gito taking this role. And you know what? He just looked like he was having fun with it. He's like, yeah, I'm going to own it. Just have as much fun as I can. I have a lot of respect. I'm like, hey, you know, that's awesome. It was awesome.
0: This weekend, we should say the G.I. Joe Snake Eyes movie is coming out. So we decided to take a step back. We're going to watch the original G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra from 2009, G.I. Joe Retaliation from 2013. We hope that you guys will tune in to join that conversation as well.
1: thank you all so much for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed the show and we'll be back next week with a new episode.